Cool. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another week of High Cheese. After our uh, deviation into conspiracy theories last week, I have real baseball again for you uh, with baseball lifer, friend, a fellow, I meant to add this to your intro, fellow LGOG for our fantasy league, because that gets mentioned on here, and also co-host of the now defunct L&M Will Always Love You podcast, Sean LaCreta. Sean, thanks for uh, filling in for Joe this week. Absolutely, man. I'm pumped to do it. Yeah, I know you listen to the show. You're like one of the few that talks to me regularly who listens, so I hear your feedback on things. So it's nice to have you on here <laughs> talking talking sports. So oh, I'm looking forward uh, to it every week. Yeah, you also are a long-suffering Philadelphia sports fan, oh, like God. myself. Yep. Uh, so in the week of you know football starting up again, baseball's in the, the – well, the Phillies are playing well. Uh, and the Sixers having James Harden call the GM a liar. It feels fitting you're on the on the podcast this week. I don't know. It just feels right. That's feels literally like what I've spent the last like 24 hours listening to is Sixers podcasts of just everyone's trying to interpret the Harden thing and like what's more, you gonna play this out? It, it's a miserable, miserable time to be a Sixers yeah, fan. It really. I mean. Last year ended so sourly, and I didn't have a lot of good vibes like with him running it back. But the I I really didn't. Ex- I guess I should have. I should have known better. But like I really didn't expect it to be. Oh, Daryl Morey is a liar. I'll never play for a team. Daryl Mo- doubling down to it. Daryl yes. Morey is a liar. And I was like, oh man, did he do a handshake deal which they weren't supposed to do, and then back out of it? And now like no one's gonna want to play here ever again. Just terrible. That's that's my concern is the like how this looks to other stars. Because it's like, that's the whole thing. It's like, sure, if he's going to want to go somewhere else, so be it. You just, you need to be able to attract somebody else to come and play with Joel. Who's going to want to be that guy now? Now, yeah, it's like, it's just, it's very bad. So let's talk about good Philadelphia things, because I have two of them on the notes. So we had uh, a a trade deadline acquisition in Philadelphia that worked out. Michael Lorenzen throwing a no-hitter after previously, and I know I chronicled this in our group chat, but I talked shit on him on the pod (laughs) And I was like, the Phillies could have done way more of a splashy move. I don't really trust Lorenzen. And then he goes and throws, like, what, seven shutout innings and then a no-hitter? Yep. Yeah. yeah so, 124 I guess I pitch, no-hitter. <laughs> yeah. Never listen to anything Joe and I say ever again. That's what my takeaway is from that. Because, I mean, he looks – it wasn't like a clean no-hitter. Yeah, I was going like to say, yeah. clean no-hitter. Yeah. Like, you're not looking at this, like, perfect game score. But, <laughs> hey, a no-hitter's a no-hitter. And – what, was he the first guy since Holiday to throw one? Uh, since Hamels. Oh, yeah. Jeez, yeah. I forgot he had that one. Hamels, his final yeah. game against the uh, Cubs. Yeah, you can't script that stuff. But, yeah, so that was cool. And then I put this on here. I know I texted you about this before the show, too. Of uh, I put the Game of Thrones reference for the subject line of the prince who was <laughs> promised. My boy Trey Turner finally showing up and actually playing like Trey Turner. Which, I don't know. There's something to talk about here. I yeah. think it was cool, like... I, there's been a lot of takes since we're we're kind of late since this happened the week uh, where Joe was away, but uh, the the standing ovation was really cool. But I want to make be on the record of this does not fundamentally change anything about what it's like to play in Philadelphia. No, like not in the least. This bit. is he was clearly trying very hard, and the fan base cares about that. Even if you're playing bad, if you are clearly if you're not Ben Simmons, if you're not doing whatever James Harden's gonna do. If you can show, like, because, like, even, the, I feel like the fan base is still kind of in Markel Fultz's corner. Yeah. To, like, Philadelphia. Yep. Like, he sh- he tried. He just couldn't do it. He had the yips. And yeah, he was just broken. Uh, but it clearly, Trey Turner responded to positive reinforcement because he's hitting. And it's, 
I couldn't I couldn't ask for more on a stretch run for my fantasy team. I'm like, oh my god, it feels so good to finally have the guy I've had for the last like seven years actually show up. Um, what's your what's your take? I know we've yeah. we've talked about Trey Turner because you tried to get him for me in I, fantasy before he was. I a might have, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's a player that I've always loved. Like you can't not love that style of play as far as like. The speed power combo guys are always so funnest, much fun. Funnest kind of guy. It's yeah. so cool, <laughs> and it's but you could see how badly he was battling it all year, and that was. I mean, I was certainly to the point when we got to like late July that I was just like, it's just not going to happen for him this year. I was basically chalking it up as like a wash, like the Castellanos year last year, just being like, I was the first year Philly thing, and. I, I I benched him in fantasy for a week and a half. I don't blame it. Felt you. horrible. Yeah, I put my keeper on the bench. I was like, oh no. <laughs> a, a guy that some people were taking one one in fantasy drafts. Like it's I, you know, and like it's for crazy. good reason. Yeah, like for good reason. For His sure. track record is absurd. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It does feel good though to see him like hitting home runs, stealing bags. That part was kind of weird to me early in the year. Was how like kind of subdued he was on the base paths even when he was getting on like i thought you know i'm like all right so he's struggling to hit he's not even walking much when he gets on he's really gonna make a count but he really wasn't stealing bags early like you could see it was like an overall confidence to his game that was in trouble super tentative yeah just super tentative in all aspects of like and and like Castellanos, like the two seasons are a weird comp. And I mean, Bryce Harper had kind of a weird down year the first year here too. Mm-hmm. Like he bounced back, obviously, and has an MVP now and led the team on last year's surge. So like no one remembers that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the Castellanos thing was like both Trey Turner. They're not similar skill sets, but they're similar plate approaches of like aggression as their game. Like Trey Turner is not a guy who's going to walk. No. even remotely yeah. close to as much he strikes out that's never been his game same with Castellanos so when it became like there was that weird stretch in like May where he was trying to work the count to get out of the slump and like that's not his game so it was like getting more in his head and it was like god well, is this just gonna be like what it is for this year like do I have to accept the Trey Turner who also I said like right after the World Baseball Classic I was like, he could go 40-40 this year because yeah. it looked like he could <laughs> it looked like he could and then it was like the worst like four months of his entire career happened after he signed the deal with the Phillies. I was like, Oh God. Like I forget somebody, (laughs) somebody broke it down about the uh, team USA at the world baseball classic and everyone that played well at it got off to terrible starts this season. Like every single player on the USA team that performed well, struggled for the first little bit of the season. Now, probably not to the extent of Trey. The world baseball classic. Uh, He's been horrible. No. Yeah. He's, his his bat is like the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah, like you because you know what to expect particularly from him. Well, though. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, not again. He's he's going to be that guy that everybody wants to pitch to. But you're like, okay, but it's still a twenty million dollar catcher. Like you have to, the bat has yeah, to justify you gotta, it. You got to hit. And he can't hit fastballs anymore. I was actually looking into that a little yeah. bit. Apparently, like up and in heaters, he's like toast on. I was like, mm-hmm. that's doesn't bode well no well he's because he's a he's a high leg kick guy too so if his timing's off he any high speed he's never gonna catch up to he needs like if he's one of those guys that like he just doesn't miss when a pitcher hangs something that's how he'll still make it count yeah which he's done a few but like way too few from far between for my liking is the way the the phillies it's incredible that they're in the wild card spot they are with how like frustrating they've been this year 
especially coming off of the promise of last year and making the splash of bringing in Turner and just like absolutely not really being a first place team by any stretch of the <laughs> I mean the Braves are always going to be there but I was like this should be a better team but hey maybe you know they they're there I've there's a guy on Twitter I forget because I follow so many different baseball yeah. accounts and sports accounts who like has been periodically updating like the Phillies record compared to last year mm-hmm. and it's like weirdly mirroring like the same thing uh, like, I think basically at every checkpoint Rachel Lang is doing it I know I've seen her posting be that too because that might be I'm she she does that of like it's literally to the day is matching up record wise right now and she like I, yes. I keep seeing it pop up every once in a while too it's hilarious so like I mean if they can get on a hot streak come September October like I don't I don't care how it happens I exactly see the magic yeah. again <laughs> but I so. think I, I, I like even with some of the bats struggling and you know Harper's kind of non-existent power this year it. I still have more faith in the bats than I do in the pitching going into the playoffs. The, the starters yeah. still kind of worry me. I got really roasted on the Philly subreddit a few months ago when it was, I was trying to be contrarian, and it was like a post about like uh, when like who's a player that like the team developed that like hasn't really lived up to the hype they had as a prospect. Yeah. And the obvious answer was Dominic Brown. Like, that was very obviously the answer. And I wrote, like, Dominic Brown, LOL. But then I was like, however, hot take, kind of Aaron Nola. Obviously, he's been, like, incredible. But he's, like, not someone you can count on regularly. Like, you know this. You have him in oh fantasy, too. Like, he's, like, so erratic that, like, he does not feel – he's never an ace. I don't no. think he has that tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy arguing with me on the subreddit who was like, oh, well, he started opening day the last four years. What's an ace then? I was like, and I went and listed all the A's opening day starters for the last like seven years. Yeah. I was like, are these guys aces? Or is this not an ace? How about <laughs> just five years ago when like it was 10 straight years of the Braves starting Julio Tehran on the opening day? Like, yeah, it, that's it, not it, your it, ace. It, your yeah, team, it doesn't, there's only a certain amount of aces in the league. Not every team has an ace. Yeah. So to your point, Nola concerns me just because his ERA, like his his FIP is pretty in line with his ERA this year. Like mm-hmm. he's just not been sharp. Uh, Wheeler's been kind of up and down more. Like he he goes on he's kind of been streakier than he normally has been the last few yeah. years. Uh, Ranger was hurt for a long time, so I can't really judge what he's been doing. But like the Lorenzen trade, I was like, I really wanted them to get someone better. Yeah. Like I still really wish they got like a Blake Snell level guy instead of a Michael Lorenzen level guy to really yeah. feel like if you go into the playoffs with a three, four man rotation, you have a guy who you can like know can pitch a big game. Even though Blake yeah. Snell is like one of the most painful pitchers in the league to watch, <laughs> he somehow makes it always work. And yeah. he is a big game pitcher. He's proven that. Like he has been a good playoff pitcher in his career for the uh, Rays and Padres. So I was like kind of hoping that that would be the thing. I don't know. Like Christopher Sanchez, do you trust him in a playoff series even as a long stretch guy? Like, yeah, yeah he's been good, but it's Christopher Sanchez. Yeah, and he's basically <laughs> like like a, like a minor version of Ranger Suarez as is. Like, yeah, it, it, he reminds it, me a lot those, of him. <laughs> these like finesse lefties that just like rely on a really good changeup. Yeah, and, and they're like, not Justin Steele. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, Rangers have absurd like spin rates. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. I the, it's uh it'll be interesting to watch it play out. Uh, the next few months. I actually want to make a joke that I saw that I think I sent you earlier about the NL East real quick. We'll we'll just stay oh, yeah. on the Phillies and the NL East. <laughs> uh, 
what did I send you? Oh, okay, so uh, this is political but baseball-related joke. So Donald Trump now has an indictment in every NLE city besides Philadelphia. Yep. And the tweet I saw from Nick Stellini was, Big Don's got a chance to do what experts refer to as the full Brad hand. Uh, great joke. Beautiful joke. Just needed to shout that tweet out because I saw it earlier. I was like, oh, that needs to be mentioned. It's well thought out. I like that one. Yeah. The full Brad hand is what Donald Trump is going for. So, hey, Donald Trump was apparently the best baseball player in New York at one point, is what he says. So. Oh, of course. If he says it, it's yeah. true. So, <laughs> you got to take him at his word. But yeah, NL East is, uh, I mean, it's the Braves division. Like, I don't think that's, like, even really debatable, even, no. like, in any way, shape, nor form at this point. They've got it pretty much on lock. I mean, you look at, like, uh, I noticed or I saw this earlier that I think it's over, like, the last month, their team batting average is over 290. Like, that oh makes God. no sense at all. And what's their first? Isn't their first inning one even higher? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, bat, like, they bat, like, 320 in the first inning of games. Yeah, and Acuna is hitting, like, 500 in the first inning this year, which is yep. just absolutely absurd they did just lose albies for probably like a week or two but they, yeah, they, they they've got i mean nicky lopez who nothing special but is hitting well for them in his short spurt so far and then they brought up von grissom again like it that team is just so stacked that i, I don't think it's really going to cost them anything yeah, I mean, their worst player in their regular starting lineup was an all-star this year, who is Orlando Arcia. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's disgusting that that's the roster that team rolls out. So, I mean, I think the Phillies have to just settle for the wild card if they get a wild card spot. And it seems like, I feel like they're going to get one of the three that we now have. So, like, that's kind of where I'm just... Yeah, the rest no, of the NL seems pretty like, confident. Yeah, it's so funny that the Mets were the threat to the Braves, and then the Mets just, like just completely imploded in every meaningful way. <laughs> do you, just like you, and, hit. you and Joe are going to be able to do like a full, like just an off season episode of like recapping this Mets season. Like there's going to be oh. like a 30 for 30 on this. I really look forward to also when they just run it back and sign all the free agents this year and it doesn't yeah. work again. Cause they just like, <laughs> we're going to be the Dodgers. And like, instead of doing what the Dodgers do and measuredly developing players and scouting well, and then signing the big free agents yep. to like really cement it. They're just, gonna sign all the guys again yeah <laughs> like, that's what they'll do they've already talked about it they already said it steve cohen's like we'll be spending in free agency i'm like to what end man exactly like, you're not gonna you're not gonna catch the braves doing it this way they clearly their team their whole team's locked up for like minimum of eight years i think with, yep. right now with the roster they have so it's like what are you doing but so anyhow switching though uh i'm gonna backtrack from from shortstop trey turner which started our nle's phillies thing to another shortstop in the East uh, who made splashy headlines over the last few days, which I was like, wow, this wrote our whole episode to talk about. Uh, so Wander Franco might be a pedophile. Who that knew? Was not, that was not on my bingo card That's for right. 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, so from what I understand, I read, I don't want to hear what you've read. Like, it's not confirmed? Is that? No, it's, it's not, not as of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what have you, because I have not, I actually, I admittedly wanted to read more about this to talk about it, but I didn't have time today. So, like, what's the happening of this? Like, I know he's, is he on the restricted list, or what, what did the Rays do, and what's, do you know Yeah, they on? put him on the administ- administrative restrictive list, which is interesting just because there's two different forms of that that, like, the team could have put him on, and by doing this specific one, it gives them the right to, like, void his pay for the season if things come out 
that they actually find out that he's like that kind of doesn't bode well no it doesn't and and i don't think it guarantees them to do it i think it's more so if they find out from the you know from the investigation that something happened but what i read today as far as like the background info on it, it it sounds super spinny on wander's side that like they're claiming that he was dating a 13 year old when he was 17 and that before his 18th birthday, he stopped dating her. It like they made it sound like he made this conscious he's only, decision. He's only 22, right? Yeah. So this is not that like no, this is no, no, no. pretty recent history for <laughs> that even to be the spin of like um. And also, all the pictures of like him and her, he's wearing like Tampa Bay Rays gear. So it's like th- mm. this isn't like four year old photos. Oh man, that's like. <laughs> Because, like, he also, I mean, we were texting about it a bit when it when we were talking about the episode of it sucks that also he's, like, kind of, and you made a comparison, which obviously different, it's so weird that we have to talk about that. It's different than abusing a woman, I guess, uh, like Trevor Bauer did, or allegedly did, or definitely did something bad, but maybe didn't rape her, did something terrible to end up playing in Japan for maybe the rest of his life. Um, and do poorly But there. it feels the same the same way of like being a very isolating personality like wander had like he got benched earlier this year for like being a bad teammate and not hustling he's like had issues with and beef with players in the clubhouse so like other than apparently jose siri who's like it's all trying to get money it's a money scheme because yeah. i saw that on the one thing when i was reading it yesterday um no one has his back really in the same way that bauer all his teammates were like yeah you guys can put him on there we don't want him like all the dodgers yeah. were like just get him out of here like yeah. we don't need him here uh, it kind of sucks that Franco has put himself in a position, whether he did th- or did not do this, where no one really wants to care about like having his back. Um, yeah, it's, it's except it's... for Snake because he's devastated in our <laughs> league, and really one of his one of his uh, cornerstones of his franchise may or may not ever play baseball again if he was a pedophile. So that exactly, sucks. it's I mean it's a really <laughs> dark thing, and for like that completely like not important in the scope of what he may or may not have done, but it's like you're talking about a heavy like World Series favorite potential team with how well they've been playing. Losing their best. Even with losing all of their pitchers, literally like all of them, and now you have, like, who's for all intents and purposes the face of your franchise now in something like this. It's not like it was some, like, a drug scandal or a steroid thing. It's like you're talking about a dude that, like, these are pedophile charges. This isn't Yeah, this is like you go to prison. You're not just not playing baseball. Like you could go to prison for a long time. Like yeah. this is bad. Yeah, it's uh I mean, I made the joke when we were talking about was it McClanahan that just had the season ender news last week? That yes, last and they week. actually yeah. it's funny you just said that. I just got the alert that he's having Tommy John. Um, dude, that's like all of their pitchers. Like that's... Shane Baz. Uh here, let's go through Shane Baz. Who's the other one that was really breaking? Jeffrey Springs. Uh, Jeffrey, yes, yeah, Springs. Uh, McClanahan. Eflin's been off and on the IL, just never anything serious this year. Yeah. Who's the other one they lost? Because there's uh, Rasmussen. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah Drew, <laughs> they, they literally lost the entire of rotation of arguably top fifty to top thirty arms in the league are all yeah. on. Oh, and they just got Glass now back too. That's from right. Yes. Injury, from... <laughs> uh, and. And, wow, that is yeah. I mean, I made the joke that Blake Snell did a Space Jam type situation and sucked their talent out because he's 
he knew he was playing them for the first form. time this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of witch situation. The Rays need to do like a seance or something to get the bad vibes out. I think that that's. I think that's a big potential uh, returning relationship after the season too. Snell back to Tampa makes a lot of sense. And they're gonna they're gonna have like half the rotation not coming back next year anyhow with injuries. So exactly. I want to. I yeah. I I like. I mean. I have. It, we joke, I know you've heard this, the DAA Legends magic. Blake Snell winning a Cy Young on my team in 2018, being very mediocre, then I draft him and he like could win the Cy Young in the yep. NL this year is very, very funny. And I like sort of am like, did I do this? Yeah. Did I make this I happen? I think I should probably email him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like he owes me, I think, some of whatever deal he signs next. <laughs> I, I think the only, the only issue with him going back would be the fact that Zach Eflin's the richest player in team history so i don't know if snell can outdo yeah. that contract or not <laughs> that's that is truly outrageous that <laughs> dude it is it is crazy when you look at the rays like to your point of it, it it's this situation beyond beyond the uh horrible legal and like just ethical vibes of whatever wander franco did or did not do uh it's incredible that this team is 72 and 49 it's like despite losing their entire rotation maybe losing their best hitter but also like they're a team where i'm kind of like they might be able to still overcome this somehow they're like the only team ever that i think that i don't doubt it in the least bit yeah they're just weird that way yeah they just i mean we i think there's it might have been earlier this i don't know if we talked about this on the podcast now we probably did because when the rays were hitting home runs like every day um it is weird that their team is built on like franco is their biggest star Mm -hmm. but they're clearly the best like the like as far as dynasties, like they haven't won the World Series in. Have they won the? They haven't won. They just keep making it to the playoffs. Yeah, they just. Yeah, exactly. And they um, lost that one to the Phillies. But they're kind of like the '90s. Like if they were winning some World Series, they're kind of like the '90s Braves, mm-hmm. where it's like they are just a dynasty team that's going to always be in the mix. They're always going to make the playoffs. They're always going to do. It. And like the thing is, the Braves had like a lot of superstars. This is just a team of like guys. Yeah, and it's like it's very astonishing how they always plug and play and make that work they're basically Um, like what the marlins want to be like that's the the model that they want build on pitching and on base percentage yeah and then just like turn over like when a guy gets expensive you flip them for other like 17 year old dominican kids that have like high spin rates and they're just like we'll develop them and make them into a stud pitcher yeah and then they do and then I mean, I always I hesitate with this because Blake Snell might be an exception to this rule, but my rule is I never try to draft a guy after the Rays have expended him as a pitcher because I'm like, yeah. ooh, they knew they got every juice out of him. <laughs> they squeezed it out all the way. I don't want this guy on my team anymore. I don't want him. That's what There's they no that, way. that is literally like that's their game plan. It's James ridiculous. James Shields is the prime example. Matt yeah. Garza, like David Price, is a little bit different because he was still like good because he was just kind of like a generationally good pitcher. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, they do is, the same thing to their bullpen arms too. It's ridiculous. Like Yarbrough, yeah. like all those guys, they just like they they make them. You know, they'll pitch a crazy hundred plus innings as a reliever, and then they just ship them out after three years. Yeah, to Kansas City. What a terrible, yeah. horrible place <laughs> to land after all that. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm curious to see. Well, obviously, we'll be talking about this on the pod as the Franco thing plays out because like it will be a huge baseball blow. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's the same thing that sucks with Trevor Bowers. Trevor Bowers is a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. He just never was a good guy. He never had good vibes. Like yeah. 
at any point. And, like all of his uh, Cleveland teammates were like, "Yeah, he sucked to be around. Like he was a terrible guy." <laughs> like when that all came out, I remember all of his former teammates were like, "Yeah, none of us liked hanging out with him. He was like pretty terrible to be around all the time." And it's like, okay, cool. He's not a good guy, but he won a Cy Young like right before that happened yeah. too. And then it, it whenever someone does a bad thing in real life that takes away from getting to watch a great player play, like. It's horrible. And so Franco, being a 22-year-old superstar, maybe putting himself... If, if this was a thing he actually did, like he probably will never play again. Oh, I, I would think so. I mean, it, even if it comes out, you know, that he didn't end up doing this or, like, there was no wrongdoing, whatever. It, I mean, you're still probably looking at him out for the season. I can't imagine this investigation goes particularly fast. Like, they're not going to rush it's, this. It's also in the DR, so it's not like it's like tons yeah. of accessibility, right? Yep. Like I saw I, that's, I saw that on Twitter. Like I, I saw like very brief spots of things, and so I was like, I'm hoping you know more about what's going because <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I would like feel like we need to talk about it. But well, I do have another. Let's we got three shortstop news stories today to talk about, and then we can riff on. I want to riff a bit on uh, what you think for the. I want to hear your end of season predictions because Joe and I nice. talked about like our half season MVPs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the last thing, and I actually have no context other than seeing this because I was away at the beach last week. Uh, what what happened with Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez? <laughs> Where they like hockey brawled? Like I was like, we got shortstops are doing. Uh, they got shortstop heavy intro here. Yeah, Trey Turner, Wander <laughs> Franco, Tim Anderson. What was that? Like what happened there? Because I have no context because I like didn't have time to look into it when I was away. Well, and that was the weird thing is that it was apparently like the whole thing that actually just set it off was that Tim, even though he obviously was safe on the slide into second. Tim was like, just like saying, he was like, oh, you're out, you're out, you're out. And he was like, good, about to call over to the dugout to take a look at it. And Ramirez was just like, oh, like, shut up, shut up. Like, you're just, you're just being stupid. And they literally blew up off of that. Like, it was nothing. It was just Tim kind so of So there was no, con- there was no, like, nothing else happened in the game before that. Apparently not. That's what I was, like, reading about it was that they were just like, Tim likes to talk during games and it annoys other people. And like, the, apparently, this isn't the only time that like someone's wanted to hit Tim Anderson in a game. But but Jose Ramirez like <laughs> followed through. So yeah, kind of like, kudos to I guess kudos to Jose Ramirez for like being the guy who would take it because like I feel like seeing it, I, I'm always stoked because like baseball brawls are fun because they're so rare. Yeah. And I feel like when we were kids, there were way more of them. Oh like, yeah. It just feels that way. Yeah. I don't know if that's like true or not, but it definitely feels like there were. Or maybe there's just so many memorable Yankees Red Sox ones. <laughs> that could be it. No, I definitely think there were when we were kids. It seemed like a more commonplace one. But now, I, like I always think of like in like recent years, the only there's only like a couple. Like I always think of like the Amir Garrett one of like charging oh, the dugout yeah. where he was like trying to fight the entire team. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Actually, I have a weird history. That happened when I was on vacation too. So oh, apparently, right. <laughs> if I go on vacation, a brawl happens. So I, I, because uh, uh, yeah, I, I think I had him as one of my relievers that year in fantasy, and someone texted me. I was like, oh, I guess you're gonna have to get another relief pitcher. And I was like, what? <laughs> and like, I was like, why is Amir Garrett fighting? Was it the Cubs that he was fighting I'm, with? I can't remember who it was, but it was the might have been funniest the thing where he's just like yelling from the mound and then just starts like running towards their dugout. Yeah, like I'm gonna fight the whole other team. Like, what yeah, he is a big energy? dude, though. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I wonder what ever happened to him. I feel like I haven't heard. Is he still on the Reds? Uh, God, where did he end up? I thought he went somewhere else after that. Oh, but... Kansas City. He's in yeah, baseball purgatory. There you go. He he and Ryan Yarbrough just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, 
That's weird. Uh, that, no, I like, forgot about thirty win team. Yeah. Oh god. I feel um, so bad. I can't <laughs> wait for them for uh, give it like another year or two until Bobby Witt can get out of there. I see. So um, historically, and you probably know this because you've been in our league for a while. But my brother is like a very hyperbolic take take guy. Sure. <laughs> uh, which I've made fun of on this show a few times. Uh, that he tried to like pretty avidly argue that Corey Seager was the best pure hitter in baseball with me. Oh, no. And I was like, that's just frankly untrue. And I was like, I could point, I was like, firstly, it's Freddie Freeman. Uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was like, it's Freddie Freeman. Uh, and that's really not debatable just looking at the stats. And Freddie Freeman took that mantle from Joey Votto, who took it from Ichiro. Yeah, yeah. That's my yep. lineage of pure hitters. <laughs> but um, he, he had a hot take before the season started this year. You weren't, we did like a Zoom draft party since we were all over the, you weren't in that, right? No, no, no. I was, yeah doing other things yeah exactly uh, yeah you yeah dad things um, exactly. <laughs> but but um we were all talking and timmy was like yo i think the royals are going to be a breakout al central team this year and i was like oh yeah and he's like well Pascatino, uh bobby witt jr i was like who's pitching that's who's, yeah exactly that's the issue uh, and i mean they just they, they haven't really hit either it is the royals are such a very weird franchise they are uh because they were, like, not good for most of our childhood. They had, like, Mike Sweeney and Carlos Beltran <laughs> and Johnny Damon as, like, yep. the only players I can remember of any note. Um, beyond, I actually just, Snake and I were talking about this from an Immaculate Grid answer, Alberto Cayaspo winning Rookie of the Year. Oh, there you go. Yep. It's a That's a good poll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was an answer to Angels Royals this week. And I was like, ooh, Alberto Cayaspo, 0.9% immaculate good answer. So Anything sub 1% is the best feeling. I feel like a hero whenever I do it. I'm like, I <laughs> have a lot of knowledge about something no one else cares about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Royals, Bobby Witt Jr., I mean... Actually, let's just talk about players who are stuck in really bad situations. That's a good sure. place to go for it. We'll talk about that before. I, I like wanted to just literally. I didn't want to put a main segment because like I just wanted to talk baseball with you. Yeah. So I want to talk about your predictions for the playoff hunt. That's like what I want to end with before we go to Womax. But uh, let's just go around and talk about because like Bobby Witt Jr. is a player that I feel like deserves much more national recognition than he's going to get playing for Kansas City just because it's so truly, truly brutal that he is stuck there. Um, I, I kind of, this is like maybe going to end up as like a take that's strange, but, uh, I kind of feel like Tatis deserves better recognition than being in San Diego. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, talk about like one of the most like fun players to watch too. Like he, that, he is like, everything he does is exciting. And it's like, you're talking about a guy that was, you know, a touted shortstop, like a very good shortstop. They move him to right field, and all of a sudden he's one of the, like, three best defensive right fielders in baseball. Yeah, he's clearly just a better athlete than everyone. Yeah, it, it, on such a different level. And again, now it's like, yeah, post the whole PED ban, all of that stuff. He's, like, trying to get a lot of that stuff behind him. And he's, like, he's an electric player regardless. He doesn't need that stuff. He didn't play for what? He missed a month this year with the ban, right? Yeah, not like, yeah was... I think it was, like, three weeks, to, yeah, three to four weeks. And, like, he's still – I'm just going to double-check my stats. He, yeah, he has 4.2 war. He's in 261, 19 homers, and 62 RBIs and 20 stolen bases, and he, like, missed effectively almost a month of the yeah. season. Yep. Uh, he's clearly, like, should – like, it's obviously the steroids thing. Like, I'm 
I am long chronicled of I think everyone should just do HGH and steroids because we have more fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was baseball was more fun in the nineties. I had more yeah. fun watching home runs than seeing everyone get hurt all the time. Yeah. Uh, but Tatis, like, the, first off, the Padres have like easily the cringiest fan base oh. of a team. Like that video from the playoffs last year, those four guys singing that song was like, I like have never wanted to punch people I don't know <laughs> harder than watching those guys like try to synthesize a fan base that now cares about baseball. Like, no, it's no. so fake. Yeah, it's, no, 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 no. it's and like it's cool because like I do like that they're building an MLB the Show team of just like getting everyone they ever want yeah. by just like here's a contract, here's a contract, here's a con- trade all our prospects. Somehow we'll do it and get some back later. Um. But I feel like Tatis deserves a national... He should be the face of the game. He's more fun than Aaron Judge. I can oh, say yeah. that because Joe's not here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, well, like, yeah, like... It's just... It's so hard for, like... You, there's just... There's not that many, like, big personalities in baseball. Like, it, it, it's almost... There's some of that yeah, like, hockiness Otani to it is of, like, like, quiet, kind of, like, just really good. Like, again, you're talking about, like, some of the best players in the game of, like, Freddie Freeman. You're like, there's no personality there. But no, this dude his, is his personality is that his kid's really cute. Yeah, like, that's his exactly. personality. His He's kid's just cute. like some good dad that just rakes. And you're just yeah. like, but Tatis is kind of everything. Like you think about it, like the even like the sunglasses that he wears, like it's everything kids nowadays. When you see a, like a youth baseball player, that's who they're trying to be. Well, he's got, like, NBA-level pl- flair as a baseball player. And, like, yeah. that is so rare, and it should be, like, capitalized on because, like, there is... Like, Otani... I was, like, saying this, but let you finish because I want to cut you off. Otani is, like, the exception to every rule of talking about baseball right now. Like, he's the biggest example of someone who's stuck somewhere that I was just, like... I, I always... I feel like every time he comes up, like, uh, it's just, like, you can't, you're, like, oh, except Shohei Otani, and, like, I'm, like, well, I don't have to talk about him, because I talk about how it's despicable what the Angels have done with having him in Trout, <laughs> and obviously, it speaks to how much harder baseball is than basketball or football to, like, take two guys and run a, run it back with them and make it happen, yep. but, like, he is the greatest player I've ever watched do everything, and he just is stuck on the worst, and, like, it's so bad. I hate I hate watching the Angels lose games where he hits, like, two home runs and pitches a shutout, and, like, they manage to cough it up immediately. Or, like, he gives up four runs because he has a mediocre start, but he still hits a home run and gets on base every time, and no one else yep. can hit that day. It's, it's like it, It's not fun. It, it's such a weird thing to think about, like, having Mike Trout and him on the same team. And don't get me wrong, like, Trout, Trout's obviously hurt right now, so it doesn't really count, but it's, like, it, it's not even fun watching their games. Because outside of seeing either one of them at the plate, or if it's an Otani start, you're just like, the rest of that team is oh, just, it's mad. Yeah. The whole thing I is I turn just on dragged. a lot of West Coast games. Like, I, like, love to, like, Brittany and I will, like, throw them on and, like, watch a game. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, like, a winding down thing. And, like, if he's not on the mound, I literally, like, it's on, and I only tune in when he's batting. Because I yeah. don't care about, like... Hunter Renfro batting. I don't <laughs> care about like I don't I don't want to see at bats from any of those. You don't care to see three. Taylor Ward's at bats or just like yeah. Well, yeah. except when Manoa ended his life the other day. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No, but Otani and Tatis, both West Coast players, but both like Otani has because it's un it's impossible to ignore what he's doing. He has kind of frankly become like the face of the game, which is great because like I know people who don't follow baseball who know who he is, and that hasn't happened. I feel like in Oh, since like Derek Jeter, really? Mm-hmm. 
because everyone knew who Jeter and A-Rod were because they were like larger than life personalities and A-Rod was dating Jennifer Lopez and yeah. Derek Jeter was on every sports commercial that ever existed and the watch commercial um but like Otani is kind of tra- and like but the thing is like Tatis should be right there next to him I and I so. know there's a steroid thing but like the Padres being like not actually the team that everyone hopes they should be and on paper should be I do think hurts him He's there for what, like eleven more years? So it oh yeah, like they got to not going anywhere. Make that happen. They got to do something to make that happen. And like MLB should step in and just be like, hey, we're gonna fix it. So like your great superstar player is the face of our league. Like use him because if you want to get kids interested in playing, as you said, like they want to emulate Fernando Tatis. They don't oh want to be yeah. like uh, Mike Trout is boring. Mike Trout's great, but he's yes, boring. Absolutely boring. Boring to watch talk. He is into the weather. That's what people know about him. He's oh, into Jesus. the weather and the Eagles. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was going to say, that's the thing. You get to see him front row at Eagles games. That's his whole But for some reason, he didn't sign with the Phillies and just re-upped with the Angels. Yeah, I... Forever baffle me. I but... know. It makes no sense. But, yeah, I... it's such a shame because, I mean, I, we always joke about this, especially in the group chat of just like, we know the MLB doesn't know how to promote players. Like, they just don't. It's almost, it's up to the player and their sponsors, whoever, like, how much publicity they're going to get. Or yeah, how New much Balance has given Otani more juice than anyone else has. Exactly. Like, they have, like, that's, four yeah. ads with him in it. Yep. <laughs> and that's, I, I can't wait for him to get out of there. Like, I'm glad that, he, you know, he's 29, so it's not like he's young. So it's like, He's going to still be in his prime. We'll get to see him in a bigger market. On like I just hope he slides team. over to the Dodgers, honestly, just for like, I, I think, think that's, that's the most, most likely outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. Just And sliding him in with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman is just so gross to think about, oh, too. Oh, God. Just like all of them are so capable of just single-handedly destroying the other team with like getting on base five yeah. times. And it's like, they'll <laughs> be, I mean, they had it with Trey Turner, Freeman, and Mookie Betts, but like Otani's that much better that like yeah. it will be. It'll be something. I that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. So all right. So with Tatis, Otani, bad situations. I'm put a historical one on here, which I'm like, I got fingers crossed for this dude. Joey Votto is it, now he does get love now in baseball nerd culture. I yes. feel like I yeah. feel like people have like, and it's weird though because like I feel like it happened like two years ago. People started to realize like, how are you drinking Hetty Topper? Oh yeah. Dude, I want a heady top. I haven't had a heady topper since before COVID. Did you go up there? How'd you get that? <laughs> no, no, no. And actually, it, it comes through every, I want to say, like, four or five months I can find it locally. Dude, I'm going to hit you up for that next time. Oh, like, I'll just come down to Doylestown. I was going to say, I'll <laughs> let you know next time I find it. I'll grab it. I'll just throw it out in my extra fridge. All right, cool. I'll keep I'll them around for you. <laughs> uh, what I was say- oh, we- I didn't even say the guy yet because I got distracted by the heady topper. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, Joey Votto. So it it feels like I don't know because like I've always liked his game. As I said, he's like a great hitter. He he had a stat at one point where like he had only popped up like ten yes. times in his whole career or something, yeah. and I was like, that is just that's cool. Like he's he's such a good hitter. But I feel like in the last few years, towards the end of his career, now people really caught on to how like quirky and fun he is. Yes. And I feel like we really fucked up by not telling everybody about that before. Because apparently he's always been... All of his teammates are like, yeah, Joey Votto is the most fun guy to talk baseball with because he's just like a goof and he loves the game and the history of it. Like, yes. I hope he gets to be an announcer when he retires. I really love that the Reds are good and he's still there. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he's a free agent this year. And if they don't make it happen this year, like... 
No, he's kind of. I mean, you'd have to imagine he's kind of done after that. He is. Because where are like, you going to put him? They they already have a blocked infield. Like, exactly. <laughs> he's. It's not. He's almost like team ambassador style, like player coach thing. Like you could just plug him in. But could you imagine him doing like the baseball version of like the Manning cast for like Monday Night Football, like Votto oh and gosh. somebody else that you could do that with? Because it's yeah, like anyone but A Rod. So yeah, please, my God, the, I, I cannot <laughs> listen to it. No, there has to be somebody fun, like like you know, even like a a personable play by play guy that you could plug him in Big with. Poppy. Let him be the color guy. Put Votto and Big Poppy. Oh my God! Just as like an alternate cast for games, how much fun that would be to just like throw yeah. that on. I would I would watch that. I would. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I love watching like anytime he's on a baseball podcast, I listen to it because like oh, yeah. he's funny too. Like he's like very funny. Um, so I feel like I'm like I don't think they have I mean okay they could they've got a ton of talent I just don't think they have the same thing we said about all the other teams we said this about like they don't have the pitching no like they do but they're like Hunter Green Nick Lodolo injuries this year uh I think their most consistent arm has probably been Graham Ashcraft but he also has been up and down and then there's Andrew Abbott oh dude yeah Andrew Abbott's been been, consistent yeah he's he's consistent but again, they're you're all, talking about a young guy, so you're like five guys. Yeah, right it is. But it's just the concern there is you're like, all right, Abbott's been awesome this year, like he really has. But you're like, he's got to be getting close to an innings limit. You're like, how deep in the playoffs could that arm carry you? At the this only point? thing that could hook them up is if Hunter Green and Lodolo haven't pitched really at all. They have yeah. like, and to be fair, Hunter Green with his hip thing. He got hurt last year around the same time, mm-hmm. and then he was dominant through through the back half of the season. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Like he's he like so good on, when like, he's healthy. Burner. He went on a burner last year. That's when I decided I was keeping him. Yeah, because um, <laughs> I was like, oh, he is killing. He had like a thirteen strikeout game. I was like keeping. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but they're all too young. Like they're not seasoned, and like we all know that. Like as soon as it becomes the playoffs and teams go to that like three headed spear, like yes. it's hard to compete with now the nl is like i'm thinking about the nl teams like the braves have freed strider and i guess prime morton i guess just for the sake of the playoffs yeah well because elder will probably have an innings limit and then kyle wright's not really healthy yet yeah uh, they, their I third, their third start might genuinely be like a bullpen type game where they throw a starter Which they could for kill like two you or three. If innings. they wanted exactly. to, so yeah. if you let Charlie Morton go all out for like a few, yep, <laughs> so. dude, if you have him just go and like throw three thousand RPM curveballs for three innings, you're golden. And then turn it over to the bowl. yeah, that could yeah. work. And then have Elder have all the guys. Yeah, yep. so the Braves are probably the scariest. The Dodgers pitching isn't as scary as it's been in past years. No, they're hitting really their bats. Yeah, their bats. So I like. I guess if I put it in that lens, if we're talking about like the Phillies, the Braves, uh, the the Reds, the Brewers have arms. The Brewers do have arms to throw at you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Because like, and his Woodruff's healthy again, right? Yeah, he's he's back now. Yeah. So like Burns, Woodruff, Peralta is a pretty gnarly top three. Uh, Yeah. Because you can't really compete. But, like, the Reds, I guess, do have more of a shot that I would give credit because I feel like a lot of the guys move to the AL that are normally scary in the NL. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think, I mean, I still think the Reds are probably, like, I'll be more excited about them next year. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up losing out that wild card spot to, like, the Cubs just because the guys that are carrying the Cubs right now are those more experienced, like, been there, done that guys. 
Like so even Marcus like, Stroman type of guy. Yeah, or even like Cody your Bellinger. bats and like Bellinger, exactly, who's absolutely killing it this year. And Dansby Swanson to a lesser degree is Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the guy's got a World already. Series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of forget about the Cubs. It's weird because I have a bunch of them on my fantasy team, but I forget about yeah. them as a team because <laughs> I like uh they 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 could end up taking that division i think actually they're still yeah they're only three and a half games out like it's i'm glad possible. they i like wanted a lot of their players to go elsewhere just for like the sake of like i just like wanted to see that yeah. happen but i'm glad they decided to like buy candelario and like just like buckle down and like make stuff happen because who i it was i really didn't believe in cody bellinger no myself me, I, was, I was a huge you know retractor retractor of that of just like I, I always thought I'm like the dude's a notorious like tinker like he plays with his swing all the time and like I'm like somebody that's like been that bad for like basically three years now I'm like how do you yeah, recapture it that? was the COVID season was the last time he like when he started to fall off because yeah he like hit like a couple home runs in that in that short season World Series run but he was pretty bad for most of that <laughs> run yeah uh, and then absolutely horrendous in 21 and 22. <laughs> So like, I really it's it is cool because like he's still relatively young, which is yeah, nuts. he's still in his late twenties. Yeah, um, I like would love if the Phillies added him this offseason. I that he's was kind of my guy. hope at the deadline, even. But obviously, he's the, the perfect Cubs. guy because he can play first. He plays elite center field, yep. and his swing in Citizens Bank Park would just Ugh. mash. Home yeah. runs would just be flying off that bat. Easy Ryan Howard type power in that field. Yeah, like, he, he, I mean, he's already hit. Didn't he have 50 home runs his rookie year? Maybe. Yeah, it was, Am I making was this it up? 48? Was it 50? It was close. He hit a lot. I'm going back. Hold on. Because he was, like, it was, like, right around when Judge did the same thing. He hit 39, 25, 47 was 2019. 47, that was the high number. Okay. Uh, but, he hit, dude, he hit 305, 47, 115. And this year, he's hitting 328. He's got 18 homers yeah. and 15 RBIs. After hitting 210 and 165 the previous two years. Like, who who had that on their bingo card, too? I'm like, okay, Cody Bellinger bounce back? Like, what? It like, makes what? no sense because of the, like, it, it, it just shows you how mental this sport is for these guys of, like, having to play 162 games in a season. And you're just like, I can be bad for, like, 400 straight baseball games. And then all and then of a just, sudden, bat yeah. fucking three twenty, hit forty yeah, home runs, and, <laughs> and all he's of a sudden, super clutch, super clutch for the Cubs. This year. Such a clutch hitter, and still be an elite defender in the outfield. That's what's kept him on the. That's honestly it, that is what has allowed him to get here is because he's been so good at that, and that never fell off. Yeah. Because he's like, yep. I love watching him play center field. He's like, this is like maybe a weird thing to say. I think he might be the best white guy outfielder I've ever watched. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> better than Kiermaier. To, uh. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think well, so. Kiermaier is like boring. It's not you can't. Kier, Bellinger yeah, has like I don't know. It's like the slightly off-centered hat. Like permanently he's, he's a glider in the face. outfield. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, but he's like, and he's a big dude. He's like six four. He's like seeing that type of guy move in center field is really cool. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like as I say this, like Mike Trout was a really good defender. He's like fallen mm-hmm. off a bit just because he doesn't play as like aggressively. Trying to get hurt, he still gets hurt all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm trying to think if there's another white guy outfielder who's been... Because, like, obviously the top of the tier is Griffey. Watching him play yes. in the center field was oh the greatest God. thing I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Uh, to a same extent, Tory Hunter was super fun to watch. Yep. Um, Byron Buxton was fun to watch before he stopped playing the field because he can't stay healthy. 
Selfishly, um, Aaron Rowan was a lot of fun for a little while. Aaron Rowan's before, a pretty good white guy. Before he started to like, as yeah. a white guy center fielder, I can't yeah, white guy center fielder hierarchy. Because yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I think I think Bellinger might be close to my top of the list there, actually. Yeah. which is a weird, funny, funny, very cherry picked baseball fan statistic of who's your favorite white guy center fielder. I might tweet that out after this episode. <laughs> and see if get well, I, I got to uh, tell you that yeah. the, the like the I'm if again being Philly centric here they. I love like the center field depth right now defensively, as far as having like Rojas, oh, Pache, Rojas is, and then Marsh. <laughs> Rojas, like, is, Rojas so good. <laughs> is insanely fast. He his I forget what his D war is already this year, but he's already he's, like, got def- ten runs saved and he's been up for yeah. like a month and a half. I saw that stat the other day. I was like, Holy <laughs> it's crap. Insane. That's like And he was I think he was like fifteen runs saved uh in the minors over the next closest guy. Like, he is gold glove center field immediately. And, and Pache is no slouch either. Nor is Marsh. Marsh no, is a good defender. that's what I mean. Especially, and it's like getting to slide him to left field. That's amazing. Yeah, it'll be nice. I, I like, it pains, like, I don't want to see Kyle Schwarber playing the field, like, ever again. Never. Never. Like, I it, know it Bryce hurts. Harper has to DH right now, because that's just what we have to do to, like, not break his arm. But, like, I, like, also... Kyle Schwarber like is lost at the, why like you know this is my this is like a soapbox I've talked about it on the show why is the man still batting leadoff we I feel like we've lost the narrative I want to still talk about guys that are stuck in a team and we, we've kind of talked playoff picture as we were doing it we've meandered yeah. it's fine uh, but why is Kyle like that honestly like now that Trey Turner is hitting just bat him leadoff and move Schwarber to the six hole like, yeah. just do that just do that. Please, Rob Thompson. Please. <laughs> I, and I'll tell you, it's probably a 0% chance of him actually pulling that trigger. He so ha- he's so married to the concept. He loves the... I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Schwarber's comfort zone. I don't know if the guy's like batting behind him. But it's like... It, and it's not even like he usually works those like super deep at-bats. Even though he has That's a super how, yeah. weird... He has a weird slash line. He That's not like happening a, anymore either. It's like yeah. he's not doing that even. He swings at everything because he loves first pitch, and that's like Ugh. again as a leadoff hitter, you're like, if if your first pitch, <laughs> you're like you're either rolling the ball over to first base, striking out, or hitting a home run. Yeah, it's so antithetical to what should be happening. It's like yeah. it just drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, it's terrible to watch. All right, so let's get back. I want to go through the divisions real quick and pick a guy from each team or a couple more guys because I need to think about teams. And we'll, then we'll we'll get close to wrapping up here because uh, we're getting we're getting towards the end of the show. Uh, oh, big one! This is one I was thinking of. Jose Ramirez, Ooh. <laughs> just stuck in. Yeah, we lo- we lost the narrative on Votto, by the way, talking about the playoff picture because like, <laughs> I want him to get a World Series. But Votto's cool. Uh, Ramirez, I I t- I I don't totally understand how that dude hasn't been moved. In all, he just, of their I mean, he signed an extension. Yeah, like, and like and, like to choose to stay there was kind of surprising. But such a good player. He's like, oh, he's he doesn't so get good. any. He, we talked about this, I think. I don't remember. Joe and I did it on the episode, I think, of that like athletic article about who's on a Hall of Fame track. I think Jason Stark wrote it. Yeah. And he just sk- he skipped over Jose Ramirez. He wasn't in the article. And I was like, he is. He's twenty. He's thirty years old, and he has forty four and a half career WAR. He's a career two seventy nine hitter, and like he he was on a bunch of playoff teams early in his career when they. Uh, when the Cleveland, uh, what are the Guardians, I can't, they were the Indians then. So yeah, the there's like the 2017, 18, 19 years. Yeah, losing to the Cubs in 2016 too. Yes, yeah. Uh, 
And he's got like silver sluggers. He got four silver sluggers. Uh, he always is in the MVP vote discussion. Uh, but like, I I feel like he is another guy who like. Well, we we talked about him earlier with like fighting Tim Anderson. That's like probably the biggest headline you've heard about him in a few years. Right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it, it, it's so weird. Like again, outside of his contract talks this past summer, you were just like you would have never known otherwise because again, it, it's it's a really weird situation because he's got like a. He's like a weird body type too. He's like this he little five foot nine center, pudgy guy, but he steals he, a lot of bases. He's simultaneously it, built like a running back and a center. Yeah, he like, looks like Darren Sproles. <laughs> like he's Darren Sproles yeah, playing yeah. baseball. You're talking about a guy at 200 home runs, 200 stolen bases. It, it's a weird, just yeah. weird profile. And he doesn't get any credit really. It's just no. weird, like. I don't. I feel like Jose Ramirez definitely goes on our list of guys who are stuck in bad situations who deserve out or more recognition. Looking around at that division, I'm not ready because we talked about the Royals. I'm not ready to crown Luis Robert that because the White Sox. There's just something wrong with this year's team. They should be better than this. I'm not crowning Luis Robert in this, but like honorable mention for that division, Luis Robert. Uh, I, and and he's a player I personally love, so it's like a that's a tough thing for me. I like he's a guy that I enjoy watching play as well. He is really like, fun the to swing watch. Swing is so nice. He does one thing that drives me nuts is he kind of actually this is like a funny body language thing and it's such a baseball guy thing. He has Embiid body language when things aren't yes. going well though, where like that pisses me off to watch because like he gives up on fly balls sometimes yeah. or like he'll like not run stuff out that like he's wicked fast. So I'm like, dude, you could have got an infield single on that. Like he probably yeah. could have made that happen. No, uh, he looks but, like a product of like a bad culture. Yeah, and the White Sox clearly are like I mean, dude, they had Tony Larusa in there. Like, what were you doing? Yeah. Like, why, why on earth would you bring a like however old he is now? <laughs> like, God, was how he old in his like now? late seventies? Like, yeah, it, it was such a weird thing. And again, that's a that's another team. That's like a, a blow it up team for me. Like, I feel like they need like a fresh restart. Rick Hahn, who's their GM, has been he's been there for like twenty years. Like get a different image for your organization like just mix it up <laughs> yeah like i feel like they have virtually been the same type of team build all the way back to when maglio ordonez was on that team yeah too. <laughs> like which is like really dating myself <laughs> like like just like that was a team where i'm like it's the same type of team it's like oh frank thomas maglio ordonez it's like okay we've replaced those two guys with luis robert and Eloy jimenez of the type of guy that we like of like a yeah. power hitter bad defender and then Robert's a good defender, but like it's we it's very weird. Their team like they were kind of heavily favored in the AL Central this year, and they just completely shit the bed. And like it's funny the Twins are at the top of that division because it's like what like the Twins yeah right. It's a like, weird division. It's also yeah, weird to think that 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 team should have Fernando Tatis Jr. But they traded him away as like a seventeen year old. He was for, a White for Sox. James, for James Shields. James right? Shields. He was part of the James <laughs> Shields trade. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Like, can you imagine, like, the, like having him and, like, a Luis Robert as the basis of your team, though? I mean, like, it's, it's a like whole two of the thing. same type of fast power guys that are good yeah. at defense. It'd be great. Your yep. right fielder and your center fielder, if you did oh. it that way. <laughs> oh, man. Why didn't that happen? Okay. Uh, Padres trade for Luis Robert. Padres get Luis Robert, put him. That's how we help boost the okay. image of Tatis. We bring in Robert. We start with a young core. We get rid of the older guys. We start. We make that happen. That's my move. There you gonna, go. And then gonna, you can have uh, Soto, Tatis, and Robert as your outfield. Can you imagine? 
Can that, you imagine? Even though Soto is very quickly on the track to being a DH because I can't stand watching him play left field. He's, no, he's a nightmare. Terrible. He's yeah. worse than Castellanos, and I hate watching Castellanos play right field. So <laughs> I, I, hate, I still hate watching him play the outfield, but it's surprising at how much better he's been this year in right field. Yeah, okay. It's like, a weird thing. Uh, Bryce Harper, not a plus defender, plays great right field in Philadelphia too. Is there yeah. something about right field at Citizens Bank Park that players do better at? Because, like... Yeah, I don't know if it's that or if it's, like, these dudes came from situations where they were kind of only relied on for their bat, and it's like, in Philly, you're not going to get away with just yeah. being a yeah, one-dimensional well, player. Hey, Nick, you're gonna you're in the it. outfield now with Kyle Schwarber's on the other side, so you need to pick up some slack. Yeah, please. <laughs> you're like, because this is, like, the chubby kid in gym class trying to play in the outfield. Like, it doesn't yeah. look right. Yeah, it's very weird. All right, so going through the divisions here, White Sox, Royals, we did that with Royals already. Rangers, the West Division, it's funny because we already talked about Otani. The Mariners, I'm not going to crown Julio because Julio's not even been that good this year, and the Mariners are still a rebuilding team as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Uh, it's funny, though, if you look at the bottom, because I'm looking at the bottom of divisions for this chat, and like the A's don't even have someone who doesn't deserve to be there because they've just built a minor league team. So it's like <laughs> there's no one there. There's no one there. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't be stuck there. It's like, well, that's a horrible No one's franchise. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, East Philly. I mean, the Nationals and Mets are blowing it up. So good for them. They've got rid of their guys that are stuck. Pirates. Brian Reynolds deciding to sign there, and then the team immediately snows diving is very funny. I don't yeah. really feel bad for him though because he chose to stay there. So I'm not. I'm not putting him on this list either. No, no, he's <laughs> he's fine. He can. I, I I felt differently about him like two years ago, but I've gotten to the point where I'm like, he's kind of like. He's not even, like, that good of a player where I'm just, like, yeah. it was cool because I'm, like, a switch-hitting center fielder, like, white guy, whatever. I'm, like, yeah, but no, I, you, you can stay in Pittsburgh now. It's fine. Yeah, you, you've become mediocre. Yeah, and the looking at, and then, like, Tatis, so the, like, the other divisions, like, the Rockies have gotten rid of all their guys. Like, the AL seems to have more guys stuck on teams where they should maybe blow it up than the NL as I look through this quickly here. I think so. <laughs> I think most of the NL teams are at least, like, the NL teams have kind of acknowledged what they are and are, like trying to remedy it versus the AL where it's like you have one or two trap stars and then the rest of your organization's a dumpster fire. Yeah, it's really really weird. All right, let's uh I was going to have you go through the divisions and pick everything, but I feel like for the sake of time, just give me your playoff picture, who you who you've got going to I don't want to pick World Series yet. Who you got NLCS, ALCS? Just we'll just rip, we'll rip ahead. Ooh. So NLCS, I'm probably going to go I mean, it's slightly cheesy, but I think probably Braves-Dodgers. Like, I, I just think that the Dodgers are one of those teams that, like, even if their pitching's somewhat lacking this year compared to what it usually is, it they're just such a good team. And those dudes are all proven bats in the playoffs, It's a winning too. culture, too. It is. Like, like they the just po- expect it of themselves. Yeah, and they and all the, And the Braves are just loaded. Yeah. The Braves the are Braves... just a... They're, they're top to bottom. They're too good. Like, I, I don't... I, as much as I hate watching them, because it does still hurt, like, having to grow up watching how good that pitching staff was, and then getting to see them fall off a little bit for a while, I was like, oh, okay, this is a good feeling. But yeah. now they're just this dominant organization again. Yeah. So it's... I think it's a safe pick for the NL. I, I actually I can't remember what I said when we last talked about this at the preseason, but I think I have the Braves running it all the way in the NL this year, and like, yeah. and I like don't again also don't want that, but like, before the season started, I thought that, and then it's just yeah. like 
been like, okay, well, they've weathered injuries, they've weathered this, they've done this, and Acuna is just playing out of his mind. So like, and Olsen I feel like, is going to be a fifty home run guy. Like it's insane. Yeah, also playing Gold Glove first base, which is yeah. an underrated skill set actually. And I'm going to throw yeah. that out there. First basemen who are good. People talk about the position like it's not important. When you have a good watching Bryce Harper play first base has furthered like a good because like he's not great yet. Yeah, uh, having a good first baseman really does probably save more runs than teams give credit to. And Olsen's like so savvy at it that it's like, damn, yes. this dude could be a silver slugger, Henry Aaron winner, and a Gold Glove first baseman. That's pretty cool that you traded or you let Freddie Freeman walk <laughs> and <laughs> replaced him with a younger version of a different skill set, but yes. very good replacing all of the same Elite things. Elite in his own right. <laughs> yeah, like, just crazy that they do it. But, yeah, right, so I like those picks. I, I mean, I don't have any different... I have no reason to argue against that. I'm going to be contrarian, though, and I think that the Cubs might make the NLCS randomly and beat the Dodgers. Ooh, okay. Braves-Cubs. That'd be kind of fun. That's also, like, a classic playoff, and I like that about I it. I like the idea of, like, Bellinger getting to get past the Dodgers... Well, that's I'm I'm like I'm writing a narrative here. I like to play my contrarian. Like <laughs> Bellinger hits like a game winner that like no one saw coming, and like somehow Dodgers fans are still cheering for him because he like, yeah. they love him there, and it's like this beautiful moment, and we all wish Vin Scully was still here for it. Wow. <laughs> so, all right, AL, who you got? Because this is like a dude. The AL like real weird this year. The AL like, looking is. at it like the Red Sox and Yankees both being at the bottom of the NL AL East is so funny because it's like what is happening. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that is a weirder situation because it's like I, up until the whole Wander thing, I was tempted to be like Tampa and Rangers, but I I and as much as I hate it, I think it kind of leaves the door open for the Astros to get back to the ALCS I do too. again and I, I hate that because I hate the Astros well, you could end up with a Texas ALCS oh yeah that's, that's actually I what I was going to say that's because I think I yeah. I think the Orioles being ahead of schedule is so dope that they're winning the AL I think they're going to I'm picking them to win the AL East still yeah. uh, especially with the Wander stuff um the, the Astros are just the Astros are like the Dodgers though like I hate they don't go away they just yeah. don't and like and it's the, the Orioles thing, I felt the same way, is that it's like, I love watching them play, but I can see that I'm like, especially in like, the Phillies had just played a series against them recently, getting to see them up close, and it's like, you can still see that, I was like, they are still like, they're a year or two away. Young. Like, they, they have to solidify their pitching still really, like, when you shorten up that staff in the playoffs, like, that pitching staff's not going to scare anybody. I do love grabbing Flaherty just for his experience. Sure. I thought that was a oh, good yeah. move. And he pitched yep. pretty well in his debut there. Um but if your ro- rotation is, I guess, okay, let's think about our three. Flaherty, I guess it would be Grayson Rodriguez just because he's the best guy, and Kyle Bradish? Bradish, probably, yeah. And, like, I'm sorry, Kyle Bradish is going to be matching up against, <laughs> if we're going with Texas, we've got Max Scherzer, Nathan Eovaldi, oh. uh, falling off, Andrew Heaney, who else is there? Who was who it? Wait, who was the other pitcher they grabbed at the deadline jordan they montgomery montgomery yeah was there uh it's crazy that they also do have Degrom. yes it's that's just, just like they, they they the rangers are well i actually be there. i think i might be pulling the rangers in the al this year though i think they I think could beat so. the astros because their offense is 
they built i mean i kind of i like hate the rangers as a franchise because like they just like are annoying to me they always have been even all the way back to like a rod era yeah um but like it they they've put together some cool teams to watch over the years like absolutely the, the nelson cruz josh i always was like really weirdly like a big michael young fan i don't know why okay. like i yeah. thought he was cool to watch uh, he had some Ian good Kinsler, like yeah the josh uh, hamilton stuff like hank blaylock yeah <laughs> just throwing like yep. they were like kind of fun teams to watch this team feels like one of those teams but like built better yeah because they're like they have some good defenders too um i also homer move here i really like leody Tavares. i love watching he's their yes. nine hitter and he's like great he's fun Yep. Um, Jonah Heim breaking out as like guy. an elite hitting catcher, like but yeah. also playing good defense. As like, like a twenty-seven year old out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, Leonardo Tavares is a fast. He's a fast. He's a power speed guy. So of course, yes, I he has. It's like, so much oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, well, and you're talking about, and they have some like upside too. Like they have guys. They have like Evan Carter in the minors for the outfield to plug in eventually. They have you got Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. Like it, they got some cool stuff. I so forgot it's like, about Kumar Rocker away. and Jack Leiter. I forgot it because yeah. they both got Tommy John, right? Or one of them did. Uh, Kumar did. Kumar yeah. did. Yeah, they. I mean, and it's cool. They have like I think that's. I honestly think that's why they signed Degrom more than getting because yeah. like everybody knew signing Degrom carried the risk of what happened of him getting Tommy John. But For if sure. you can bring in a guy like Jacob Degrom and you have some young studs that are like him that he can mentor. And now they brought over Max Scherzer, who, like, you have, like, a Hall of Fame mind. great last night. Yeah, I'm real stoked that I made that big blast. But I, I like, I know I'm going to miss Taj one day in fantasy. Like, it's going to happen as a $1 pitching keeper. Yeah. But, like, I had to make that happen. When Matt Matt and I were talking about, like, we actually got lunch the day before that big trade. And I was like, your team's done. You clearly are doing a better job than Ryan because he'd already made a few trades. I was like, what would it take to get Scherzer? I was like, because I'm curious. And then I was like, can we go like real big with this? And I'll give you Yoshida and Taj. And I was like, I want Devin Williams and Turner too. And he was like, I need to build. And he's like, just uh, invite me to your championship parade if you win. And I was like, like, cool. (laughs) So I, I, yeah, Scherzer, I was a a little, honestly, like I wanted Williams in that trade because I was a little nervous that, like, I think I've said this on the podcast a few times. He's like, I was a little nervous that Scherzer just got old. Yeah, and for me, I've been nervous about this because I drafted Roy Holiday as my first pitcher of the year. He got old, oh, and so no. like, and it happened. His cliff was so fast for Roy Holiday. Oh, it so was like, fast! Yeah, there was no taper. So for many years, I would not draft, and like, I've not historically had like pitching staffs with guys older than like twenty seven. Because I'm yeah. just always really, really, really gun shy. <laughs> yeah, here, 2011, Holiday had a 2.35 ERA. I drafted him in 2012. He had a 4.49. Yeah. Like, it just it fell off, and then he was done after. He had a 6.82 in his final season. Like, he was done. Yeah. It, uh, he, that dude just pitched too many innings. I was a little nervous that that was Scherzer, but clearly the Rangers, because Mike Maddox is their pitching coach, have yeah. something where Scherzer had worked with him before, and clearly it's working <laughs> so like, no i think scherzer is like he's more like especially what you saw with him at the mets is like he's kind of his stuff is kind of clearly like number two or like a super high end number three at this point but for a short spurt like a playoff run and you just get him to maximize like what he does like he I, i'd be terrified to see that guy in a playoff series yeah he's also the kind of guy where like he 
I guess he's a psychopath. <laughs> he's like a LeBron. He's like a LeBron type where yeah. he might not give it his all early in the season, but then when it comes, to, especially because he got traded from a horrible situation into a playoff yeah. run, like he's got that thing in his head, like the switch that he's like, oh, I'm yep. in it now. Game mode's on. Like it's all happening. Like this is going on. Um, so I'm very happy for my fantasy team, but also I, I'm, <laughs> I'm picking I'm picking Rangers Braves as my World Series. That's what I'm going with. Okay, I think I'll probably go Rangers Dodgers just to mix just to up be... that part of it a little Ooh. bit. But I do think the Rangers are my favorite to win it. Yeah, they. I mean, they just they have that kind of energy too of a team that just seems to also pull it out when they're losing. I yep. I actually I I think I meant to say this on the podcast, but Joe and I had a bunch of other stuff to talk about when it happened. The Rangers, uh, Rangers, Rangers Astros <laughs> series around Fourth of July, I think, is when it was. Um, they like took the series from the Astros and in the way they did it, it was like the games were like, there was a Monday. Yeah, it was July 4th. Cause the Monday in between the July 4th weekend and July 4th being like Tuesday, whatever this year, uh, yeah. they won a game like 14, 13 against the Astros. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was just like, it was, it was that where I was like, Oh, this team's built like a team that could like run, like run the gauntlet. Uh, and they have some unsung guys like Nate Lowe. Yeah. Who, who were just like, Really it's good. one of my fantasy guys in my other league. It, it's the dude just so solid. Yeah, and like he looks like a baseball player from the 1930s too, <laughs> uh, which is always a thing I always appreciate when a guy just looks like out of time. Uh, so yeah, like look, like here, I'm gonna send you a picture in the chat here, just uh, of the, my my example of why he looks like a guy from the 1930s. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I like that. I like. I, I mean, I think we're it's. <laughs> The the play doesn't he? Do you see it's that? It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> just like so kind of disheveled. Looks like he could be like doing methamphetamines to stay yeah. awake on a road trip. <laughs> uh, but all right, well, I feel like the two of us could probably end up talking for the rest of the night about baseball. So we do have to cut it off here at some point. So let's move into our Womax. Uh, do you want? Do you have a guy? Do you have a guy ready? I do. Yeah, all I right. got somebody. So I actually I was uh I was texting Joe yesterday to be like. First off, I was like, I'm going to bounce like two names off you and I need you to tell me if anyone's like, if they've ever appeared before. I was like, because I obviously don't want to be redundant. I was like, I listen to most episodes, but there's certainly a chance I could forget yeah, who's popped up. I mean, I sometimes yeah. worry if I'm thinking of the same guy again, just because I have like ruminating thoughts on certain players. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, you know the format. So, stats years all that we'll see if we can make this happen here see if i can pull it out like i sometimes do <laughs> all right so i got a uh left-handed pitcher from okay. pitched from 1993 till 2003 10-year career okay yep started out with the dodgers went to arizona philly for a short spurt montreal baltimore and finished out with toronto and when I personally think of him, even though he was on the Phillies for a short spurt, I usually think of him with the Diamondbacks. He's a left-handed oh, pitcher. He's a I got career it. 8.7 war. I got it. I know who it is. <laughs> it's Omar Dahl. Yes, it is. <laughs> he was uh, He was in the Kurt Schilling trade. Yes, he was. I was going to say, that's that was I, one of my other... That was going to be my, like, ending note if we weren't getting there. I was like, dude, he was another small piece of the showing tree. Oh, my gosh. Omar Dahl. Dude, I have... I actually... See, this is what I always... Whenever I guess it, I'm, like, a little bit like, am I okay? <laughs> uh, um, 
but no, weirdly enough, I have two Philly stories. That you, I think I told it last week on the podcast of seeing the Phillies. Uh, I, I got a Scott Rowland jersey for my birthday, and they yes, traded yeah, him the yeah, week I remember. Yeah. Uh, I went to my dad got tickets for us to see Kurt Schilling pitch, and it ended up being an Omar Dahl start. Yeah, <laughs> so he's like forever. He's like forever immortalized in my mind as like this brief stint because they got a. This is like this is my brain working this way. Uh, I think they got also Nelson Figueroa, Travis Lee, and Brandon Duckworth for him. Uh, is that Vincente the Hall? Padilla? Oh, Padilla. Okay, it was I was Padilla. Co- yeah, yeah, I was close. I was close. Yes, Duckworth, it was. That was Duckworth was homegrown, wasn't he? Oh God, yeah, Brandon Duckworth. My God, yeah, I have his autograph on a. On a Phillies giveaway baseball glove. Do you really? He it's was like gonna be. He was like glove. in my head. He was another potential option. Omar Dahl. I think they like were around the same awful Phillies period of like this team. Oh, he like, was terrible. I want to look. You're at talking about. I mean, the the dude topped out at 85 miles an hour. Well, like, that was on, as hard did, as he could throw. We didn't get into his stats because I just guessed him based on teams as yeah. soon as you said. Because uh, <laughs> I just like I was like I know who it is. First off, real goofy looking mustache on base. I just pulled him up. Oh, it's amazing! Actually, it's so good. Eight point seven WAR. He was not very good. Did he have a good year in no. here? Four five five ERA. No, losing. He did record. lead the in a uh, two thousand. He led the league in losses. <laughs> was that the year that so the he, Phillies got him? Uh, it was nah, no. He was two thousand. Oh no, it was two thousand. I thought that was two thousand one. <laughs> I forgot. It was so the Phillies traded for a guy who led the league in Awesome. Awesome. 19 losses. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. His whip was almost like 1-7. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I guess, okay, because this was, like, kind of before we cared about analytics as much. The the Diamondbacks kind of bamboozled the Phillies because he had a 16-9 record with a 3-6-5 and 99. But his FIP was 4.23, and he struck out. 148 guys and walk 79 so clearly not a very good pitcher but he had that that's his 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 two career lowest eras were 98 99 before the phillies grabbed him in the showing yeah. trade and obviously I, he, oh god like his like straight out per nine was like six like it's yeah. so bad it was a different was era but also a wow. pure pitch to contact <laughs> my my dad did a trivia because i was t- I, like my dad like sometimes listens to the show and sometimes doesn't because my dad's like a big baseball nerd and he threw something out to me the other day he's like what Phillies pitcher hit a grand slam and it was like around this time like 2003 whatever like bad Phillies era and I was just like it was Robert Person oh damn it okay okay that is good (laughs) and I was and my I said it and my dad was like how do you remember that I was like dad I don't know like it's just (laughs) It just lives somewhere inside of me. Oh that, like, my god! Especially like early ni- late nineties, early two thousands Phillies pitchers, like Randy Wolf. Like I thought because also I did, my limited scope of baseball knowledge was like Pedro Martinez, mm-hmm. and then the Phillies. Yeah. <laughs> so like exactly. I was like, I was like, oh, Randy Wolf's great because he's like the best pitcher on these horrible Phillies teams. That's what I was gonna say. He was like the only guy you like looked forward to watching play and, uh, again yeah. outside of seeing and like the cool Brandon Duckworth. Yeah, Brandon yes. Duckworth, Nelson Figueroa. The Duck Pond, all those dudes yeah. had like their own little Didn't, like quirky like um, outfield group. Randy Wolf had an all-star year. Oh three. Yeah. Oh three was his yeah. all-star year. He he still wasn't his career his ERA was four two three for the year with a four point two eight FIP, so exactly in line. <laughs> but he was an all-star. That's because the Phillies were probably pretty bad in two thousand three. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Because you had what? It was just who else were you going to be putting into the All Star game? Like Bobby Abreu. Uh, we could throw Placido Polanco out there, who I discovered Dude, I, was way better. I was than happy I about that. That Polanco was so good. Yeah. He just had a crazy shaped head. Yeah, my Squidward reference that we talked about. Yes, which is perfect for that. Yeah. yeah, my dad still calls him that, which is definitely offensive at this day and age, but he still does it. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember when the Dude, early you could, like, Squidward? You could, you could like see his temples pulse as he chewed yeah. gum. Yeah. It was, <laughs> the si- it's it was such a giant I was like, Does he have like head. a custom helmet for that? Like, what's going on? Yeah, it was like him and like Kevin Mench had like the yes. biggest heads in baseball. Also, it was a Womack earlier this year when my brother Yes, I was, I was pumped when I heard that one. <laughs> And I like knew it because I, my brother was really into Kevin Mench. So, yeah. all right, here's my guy. I think this is guessable, and it's guessable mainly because of the like teams. But okay, uh, we got seven. I, we got two good. Well, Dahl is a positive, not a good, but a positive war guy, yeah. which is surprising to me. Uh, Jose. Oh, oh, I just said the name. I got to get another one. Dang it! I just read the name <laughs> late in the day. All right, hold on. Let me get another one. I got another one on deck here. <laughs> Same. Who are you running with? Jose who? Uh, Mesa? Jose Vidro. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it was, uh, well, well, we'll just, can, can you pull his stats while I get another guy? Because I'll think of another Yeah, guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> 17, 17 career war. <laughs> I can't believe I just said it. Just straight oh, it's so good. As soon as you, like, just started to say, oh, Vidro was a career 298 hitter. Yeah, he was really good. And he was, uh... I just remember him as he was, like, the only protection Vlad had on the Expos. Yeah. Yep. That's, like, why he popped into my head as, like, a guy earlier today when I was thinking about him. Cause that's and it was so funny to, like, when him and, like, Vlad in the same lineup because Vidro is this, like, kind of smaller framed guy. And then you yeah. just had Vlad hitting behind him. Just a monster human Who's being. Who's an absolute monster. Yeah. So we're going to put – I'm putting him on here just because, as you know, we're making a Womack team at the end of the year and trying to see – I'm, I'm going to figure out what war we compiled. Um, <laughs> all right. I got a new guy. I got a new guy. Here we go. All right. This is real random. Also positive war, though. So, all right. I'll stick with it. All right. 19.4 career war guy. 295 career hitter, 76 homers. He was a second baseman, shortstop, and third baseman, so utility infield type of player, but positive war. So he played from 95 to 2009, so a lot of our childhood fandom. Yeah. Uh, Brewer to start out, half season with Houston, Padre for three years, Red Sox, back to Houston, and finished up in 09 with the Dodgers. He has two all-star appearances too, which I did not know, Ooh. and that's pretty random and a silver slugger actually on one of those years which is not something i would have thought for what? this guy yeah so what team what team do you usually associate him with i well i associate him actually with the one year he played with the red Sox, okay. or the two years but uh prior to that the other team i would most closely associate him with is milwaukee because he played there from 95 to 98 with the brewers uh, and I also definitely picture him as an MLB showdown card, if that helps at all. Oh, I was just saying, that's actually <laughs> usually what I go for. Yeah, like, what do I picture? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Shortstop, second, and third. Yeah, and I also thought he was exclusively a third baseman, just for the record. Uh, holy crap, he has a holographic showdown card from 2005. Really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. But I'm what? gonna, yeah. Uh, this is not a guy. I this is I'm 
bummed I said Jose Vidro, but this is a good pull because I didn't know this was as good as a player as he was. So shortstop, second base, third base, Brewers, Padres, Astros, Red Sox ended up with a stint with the Dodgers. Was he white or black? White guy. Okay, then I was it Jeff Cirillo? No, that's a really similar type of guy. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I would have looked that I up. I was like, because I remember Cirillo playing second and third. Dude, Cirillo is a 34.5 war guy. Was he really? And he has two all-star. Holy, those, are, those Brewers teams had some, like, Dude, I was just saying, I loved Cirillo when I was like, that was like a fun dude to watch. It's weird because as soon as you said Cirillo, I actually think I kind of thought these two guys were the same guy at some point in my life. (laughs) Uh, My guy was Mark Loretta. Oh yes, I did. Dude, he was a good hitter some of these years. Like, and I did have, uh, I had his showdown card. Yes, I didn't know it was holographic though. Well, okay, I'll send you the hollow. I'm gonna send you these two. So here's the hollow one. Uh, so his 05 year though, they're the one where he's an all-star, uh, he hit 335 with 16 homers, 76 RBIs and 47 doubles that year. Ew. That is he not finished a year. Ninth, finished ninth in MVP. Yeah. I don't, I have no recollection what? of him being that good. Like I knew he was like always like a good role player on teams. Like that's how I pictured yeah. him. I didn't know he had a year like that was like that standout. Cause that's, that's like a, both him and Cirillo, who you thought, which is funny, uh, are like standout Womack names. Like uh, Cirillo had a year where he hit 288. He had a year where he hit 326 uh, with 115 RBIs, 2000. Um, 34 and a half career war was. I'm, we both got we both got two Womacks today because I'm giving you a Womack for Cirillo as a bonus That's- guy. It's just <laughs> I, I like call I like when we call out other guys and we guess. Um. But yeah, Loretta, no recollection of her being that talented. No, not at all. Um, I remember, it... like, I, I heavily remember the player just because his last name was, like, close enough sounding to mine. So I would make that <laughs> makes... association. But it's <laughs> that... like, you know, as being, like, a nine-year-old and being like, oh, that's close enough. Yeah, that guy, I can be like that guy. I should get his jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he also weirdly, so he was an all-star and a silver slugger in the MVP year, that crazy 335, but then he was an all-star, and I have no idea why, in 06 for the Red Sox, when he hit 285 with five homers and 59 RBIs, like, that doesn't stand out to me as an all-star year, maybe he had a, maybe, I don't know, that's not... You have to assume he was a replacement player, like, somebody was hurt and they plugged him in, but either way... The 06 Red Sox weren't like... A World Series winning Red Sox team, so I have no idea. And what he hit thirty three doubles that year, so he's decent. Like a, it's a it's a good year. It's not an All Star year. Yeah, but, but yeah. All right, so we added four guys by me being me messing up and you pulling a guy who is yeah. perfect. So we got Mark Loretta, Jose Vidro, Omar Dahl. Incredible addition to those a uh, Womack rotation. And oh, wait, wait, wait. Omar Dahl also has something in here. I think he played with Tony Womack on the Diamondbacks. He has the ninety. Let's see, nineteen ninety nine D backs. Let me look at their roster real quick. Was it saying ninety eight, ninety nine? Was Womack on that team? Yes, he was. Omar Dahl is a connection. <laughs> I like when that happens. That's only happened a few times, and whenever it does, it like really pleases me because it feels like special. It's like, look, we made it happen. <laughs> um, yeah, no, those are good ones. Yeah, uh, 
I've, do you remember when the Bryce Harper news was going around about him coming back from Tommy John and like the the next position player was Tony Womack? That was like yes. that, that was, was like so the cool. best day of my <laughs> life. I was like Tony Womack in the news, <laughs> actually getting some sort of a reference. Yeah, like I love it. I do still as every time he comes up when we talk about him, I'm like, if anyone listening has a connection for us to even have five minutes with Tony Womack, please tell him that we have a whole segment on our show dedicated to him so we can talk to him and just talk talk about what it's like to be Tony Womack. <laughs> so, but dude, anything you want to plug, I always ask guests, anything you got that you want to talk about or where to find you for your takes on sports? No, I don't, I don't think so. I, pre- I certainly appreciate coming on, though. It was fun getting to do this with you. I was, you know, after having always listened to you guys do this and always being kind of jealous about getting you know you guys getting to vent about some of these obscure sports stuff it's it's fun to get to do it <laughs> dude well yeah I, I as i said like i i think i don't know if i said it on air beforehand but i was like you might you know i i wanted to talk with you you know you were talking baseball with you is always fun so you can replace joe anytime if you want <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll, I'll make i'll be happy to text him and make sure he knows that yeah let him know i mean he he usually <laughs> listens on weeks he's not here uh but you know we'll see um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, man. And yeah, wait, uh, social media though. Where can people follow you if they want to? If they want to see more baseball takes from Sean Lacretta or things you follow and retweet, because that's mostly what I see of you on the internet. Yeah, it's a, it's a typical cat eighteen at, on Twitter. That's mostly where I'm active, and that is Twitter is my that's my live space. I'm usually yeah. on there. It, baseball, football, whatever the talk is. Yeah, it's still. I despite the awfulness of that website, I maintain most of my news and posting about sports on there exactly. as well. Yeah. And that kind of sucks that I still am on there. I refuse to call it X. It's Twitter. It will forever be Twitter. Yeah, it's just sorry, sorry, yeah. So yeah, at Typical Cat 18. I'll also tag you in the episode when we post it so so people can find you if they want to if you want to hear Sean always has good takes. You heard it here first. So if you want to hear good <laughs> good sports takes and Eagles, Phillies, Sixers and just in general sports, follow Sean. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I <laughs> right, dude, thank you and uh everybody have a good week. Have a good one.